Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me and Happy New Year, everybody. I don't know if you know it, but January is National Tea Month. So we thought we would gather around. I've got Robin, Maddie, Teresa, and John here with me. And we are going to talk about tea and some other warm winter bevies. Whether it's hot or cold where you are, who doesn't like to snuggle up with something warm at the end of the day? But uh, we thought we would start with tea since it is National Tea Month. Well, welcome, everybody. Hello. Good morning. Or afternoon. (laughs) Yes, whenever you're listening to Tea time. It's tea time. It's tea time, excellent. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, really. I think you should, everybody should make a cuppa when they sit and listen to this um, episode. Um, And uh, part of the reason we also focused on tea not only is because January is National Tea Month, but we did do a little feature in our um, holiday winter issue about tea. Let's talk tea. And um, one of the things I was just telling everybody is I I guess I had not real. I mean, I love tea and I've gone through different spurts in my life where I drink more tea, less tea, caffeinated, green tea, black tea, herbal tea, blah, blah, blah. Um, I did not realize that all tea comes from basically one plant and it comes down to um, the leaves that are picked for a certain type of tea and where it's grown and how it's processed. That affects really whether it is a black tea, an oolong or a green tea. And I just thought that was kind of wild. I don't know if anybody else thinks that's kind of uh, interesting, but I mean, I guess it's sort of like grapes where it's terroir. So if it's grown on this hillside versus this hillside, if it's got this much sun versus this much rain, those kind of things definitely play into it. And again, as depending on how much it's been processed and we can, we'll get into that a little bit. And then um, one of the other things that is um, uh, interesting, and we do touch on this in our article, is sort of different time and temperatures that certain um, types of tea should be um, steeped at. And I also found a little fact, which I have not tried this, as I am not a big tea drinker. I like some, as I will do peppermint or, you know, kind of the milder ones. Um, not as strong. I'm a, I'm more of a coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw something and maybe Robin or one of you have tried it. It had said, if you add some milk to your tea, that it will help from staining your teeth. I didn't know that. Oh, my, well, my <laughs> dentist would probably like that if I would do that. <laughs> I, well, I do do that with some teas. It depends on the, the type of tea, like an um, Earl Grey or an English breakfast or that kind of thing, um, or um, oh no, I just drink those straight. <laughs> so, see, that is a that is definitely a sugar and milk kind oh, no. of or cream um, tea that I'm drinking. But if I'm having uh, rooibos or which is not really tea, I don't think, um, or is it? it I have it's to look more that of an herb, yeah, herb, right? Um, and uh, I drink. Um, the Yogi brand ginger tea a lot. I love that. But that's, again, it's more flowers and it's not really based on tea leaves at all. Hey, anybody ever had their tea leaves red? <laughs> Apparently, uh, no. Apparently my mother's Nana, I think, did that at one time um, and told her when she came back from Europe that she had met the man she was going to marry. And lo and behold, she had. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's cool. 
I have had my Indeed. coffee grounds red, um, uh, <laughs> sort of like a uh, like a Turkish kind of coffee. Somebody has read my my coffee grounds there. Um, so, do they do this after you've drank like a cup of tea or coffee? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your cup is empty, and uh, what they do is uh, usually you'll take your saucer and put it on the top of the cup where you've got some residual something in your cup, leaves or grounds of coffee. And then they flip it over so the saucer's on the bottom and the tea is upside down. And then you pull the, the cup and you look at the configuration of what's left in the cup, I believe. Um, and I do not know what they see or how they come up with what they come up with, but um, it's, you know, it's a parlor game. <laughs> That's right. Still fun. It's fun. I need to do that. I, I think so. <laughs> um, Turn your cup upside ever, down, Robin. I wouldn't know what I'm had, looking at. Has anybody ever had high tea? Yes, I did. Yeah, when I, I was have, in Boston. Yeah, I have in New York and in and in London. Pretty. What is it? Oh, it's usually around three or four in the afternoon. Um, like a traditional English is there's usually um, pastries and little. Um, like cucumber sandwiches, usually those little um, tea sandwiches, tea sandwiches <laughs> like white bread yes. sandwiches with cucumber and cheese or cream cheese or something. And of course, the crusts are cut off and they're usually cut into triangular shapes. And they come on it. A lot of times they'll come on a tiered plate um, and there's scones and um, different little cakes or pastries, that kind of thing. Um, clotted cream. A little sweet you know, and a little savory. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It makes a very nice break in the day. It does. To sit down to high tea. <laughs> Sounds like high it's tea. Fun. <laughs> it's fun. No, it's a fun little, it's fun. Uh, you know, clearly it was something I'd never done before, but something I had always read about. And I'm like, oh, I need to do this. So when I was in Boston, a girlfriend and I said, let's do this on one of our Friday afternoon jaunts that we did. And it was a lot of fun. I'm with you. It's fun to be a, a, a Yank. I um, had high tea at my nephew's wedding reception. So you can imagine all these tables lined up with the with the tiered uh, sandwich tray and all the scones and all that good stuff. And so, I mean, it's there's so much culture that they get a lot of opportunity to, to explain everything that's going on at the table. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. You know, for instance, how do you say scone? So. Is it scone or scone? That's scone? the question. Scones. <laughs> I feel like Brits say more like scones or something to that effect than scones. But I, I sure. could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I watch British, um, you know, the British baking show. And I also watch, I don't think there's new stuff on. I think you can <laughs> see it on Facebook um, or something. Um, the uh, Escape to the Chateau or whatever that that. Uh, the two oh, Brits yeah. who bought a chateau in France and refurbished the whole thing. Well, she used to have a tea shop in London and did high tea. I'll, and she made her own little tiered plate. She has all of these mismatched, different, beautiful little pieces of china that she had gotten at jumble sales or whatever they're called. And uh, she would drill holes in them and she'd have the posts to stick them all together and she'd make her own. And they're, none of them like plates match, but they're very cute. Makes me want to do it now. I do have a little tea set that I haven't gotten out for the girls because, I, you know, it was back when they like tea sets weren't plastic. And so it was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> a little more glass and ceramics. Yeah. But 
Yep. <laughs> oh, they're old enough to have fun with that. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. but uh, I can. They drop a lot still. So <laughs> <laughs> I I had one when I was a kid, a tea set um, that was uh, ceramic. Um, well, speaking of tea sets, that's one of the things that. Uh, from what I read, and I don't know if you do this, Robin. So here in the states and and a lot of places in the world, people will will use um, tea bags, and that was that was not really the norm until I I want to say oh, I probably have the date somewhere here, but just for convenience, uh, typically what you find in tea bags is not a, a, the quality is not so great. I mean, it's good. It's it's great for a quick cup or something, but. If you're a real aficionado, you're really using loose tea. And uh, from what I read, the the best thing to do is to put all of your loose tea in your teapot, then add your hot water over it, whatever temperature and type you're using. You boil your your water to that temperature or heat it to that temperature because it might not be boiling. Some of it is under the boiling degree and let it steep for a period of time. And then you strain it as you pour it into the cup. So it's recommended not to use a tea ball, not recommended to use a an insert even into a little carafe or what about teapot that you put the, the loose tea leaves in. I think it's just so it probably is able to swim around and infuse the water and create tea. And I've seen that. I'm who hasn't right. watched out Nabby where they have their little um, strainer on the top of each cup and everybody's pouring that way. And I don't know what British standard is. I'm curious if you're supposed to put your milk in first or you're supposed to put your tea in first. John, do you know? Well, all the British TV I watch, which is (laughs) mostly what I watch, um, they generally put milk in first. First. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And and they get so specific, too. Some people have you put the sugar in first and then the milk and then you add the tea or you can just add the milk and then the sugar but generally it's in first so it heats okay. up by the water instead of cooling mm-hmm. off with the with the milk so that's a good point that's good and then also probably same thing with the sugar too if you put it in it's going to break down probably with the heat of the water as it comes in i don't know so it dissolves a little bit and it's already started with the milk yeah Right. But hey, let's talk a little bit about the, the teapot, though. You forgot something that was kind of important is you need to heat that your teapot first. Oh, it's, sure. Before you oh. put the, the tea in there, let's with heat warm, that up. So with warm water. Put some, put some warm water in there and heat the, heat the pot and then pour that out and then put your tea bags in. And then when you if, if you do, if you're making like a black tea where it does come right to the boiling, you don't want to boil that water. Um, you know, you want to heat it up to boiling, but you don't want to boil it because it takes all the oxygen out of it. And then your tea is going to taste flat. So if you put that teapot mm. on to boil and then you just boil it away, you know, just, oh yeah, I'm just going to let that boil for a little bit. It's taken the oxygen out of that water and you will notice it in the taste of your tea. So so do you have an electric kettle or do you have a, a kettle that you put on your stove? I know in well, Britain, in England, it's very traditional to almost now have an electric tea kettle. And I, I have a lot of friends who are big tea drinkers, and that's what they do. Yep, I have an electric one. And, well, I had a friend tell me, and, you know, I don't know about this, but she said that she went to that because the mic, she heated her, always heated her water in the in the microwave, and it did something to the water. And I don't know. I don't know about that. But it's like, mm, well, I'll take that with a grain of salt, whatever. But the 
what she went on to say was what she liked about her electric kettle was there's different buttons you can push for different temperatures. That's so, what I wondered. That's what yeah, I wondered. So that's what I went. I went with the, uh, I found a, a, a kettle that had different temperatures for different, and so for different teas, you want to heat up to a different temperature. And that's really nice. And then it also has a stay, mine has stay warm. So I can go back for another. So sure. I make, I make mine a cup at a time. And you don't have to stop. You don't have to go back to the beginning. It's already partially warm. So it, it right. that's right. nice. So it that's what I was, it at that. It at that temp, so I was, and it tells me what kind of tea I, I want to make. Okay, so like if I want to make you know <laughs> oolong, it's this temperature. I'm like, oh, well, then I don't have to guess. I like this. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> so, um, I know they're also remarkably efficient from my limited experience. They, they're just spot on, uh, heat up, and you're good to go. It's faster, it takes it seems no like. time. It mm -hmm. really does. It takes no time at all. I, and I don't very often heat the whole entire pot because it's just me that uses it. So I, you know, it really doesn't take very long at all. Um, and I love it. I it's like, I'm really glad that, that she was telling me about how easy this is. Cause I love it. It works great. Um, Would you share the brand name, Robin? Do you know the brand name? It is. Okay. No, not offhand. <laughs> I really don't. Um, okay. Actually, I just, I, 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 just I googled it and I looked them all over actually on Amazon and I picked the ones that I liked and had features that I liked and then I waited until it went on sale. Okay. So <laughs> do the electric ones whistle like the ones on the stovetop? No, mine does not. <laughs> mine does not. Mine's actually pretty plain Jane as far as you know there's some that have other bells and whistles but this one heats up pretty fast and and I probably should have looked at that before, so I could have told you what it was, but um, it, it, it's, <laughs> not, it's not an overly expensive one. It really is not, and it does the job well, and I'm really happy with it. Knock on wood, it stays that way, um, but I have been pleased with it. It performs well, and then with the leftover water, you know, when after I, I decided, oh, I don't want any more, and it cools down, I looked at that water, and I, thought, I was pouring it down the drain, I thought, well, this is just stupid, so the frugal part of me starts sort of pouring it into the, I, I, I water my plants with it now. I'm like, I think I've turned old. <laughs> it's decoordinated I, by then. So. I, I know, as I, I just decided, why am I pouring this away? So now I've decided, yes, <clears throat> I've turned the corner to old. <laughs> there we go, that's my tea story. But anyway, yes, that's how I like to make my tea. But, well. But on, I'm sorry, but I do like to make, that's when I use tea bags, but I really do enjoy, and I do it more on the weekends. I like to do it in a pot and make that pot of tea with loose tea. And there is a difference and I do enjoy it, but then I want to sit down and enjoy it and, and have it. And during the week, I'm either making it because I'm going out the door with it, or I'm, I'm heading to my desk with it. And sure. I don't want to mess around. I just want to have a cup of tea. So exactly. I mean, that's why tea bags really came on the market. And a lot of, what do they call them? Uh, um, is that the, no, Tizans are, um, if they're uh, like herb teas, but um, it's just uh, very convenient. And, uh, but as you, I think it's the ritual. A lot of people, that's why they like coffee too. There's a ritual. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I do a coffee press and I love that ritual of doing uh -huh. a coffee press similar to, to uh, making, I think, a pot of loose tea 
and um, there's a ritual to it and you want to then sit down and savor it and um, enjoy the moment. But let's just talk a little bit about kind of um, since every tea, so basically true teas, not an herbal infusion or a tisane, come from the same plant, uh, Camellia sinensis, uh, which I'm probably screwing that up to. <laughs> if, if you, Sounds one of you good to me. One <laughs> of you know. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, that but, sounds like sinusitis. <laughs> really? Um, well, Sino is uh, Latin for China, so you're probably uh, very close. Okay. And I, I read this, and I don't know exactly what they meant, and I, I um, but they pull two tea leaves and a flower, I think, when they harvest tea, and it does come down to the tea leaves that they're actually pulling, but then really it's the processing that, that determines it, the type of tea you'll end up. And then the flavor, I think, um, is definitely related to the processing as well as, I think, as I indicated earlier, sort of the terroir. If it is grown in India versus China versus Sri Lanka, um, and and then, you know, go in, dive in even a little further, where in India exactly, in this part of the country or this part, that exposure and all of that. But from a processing standpoint, white tea is, um, is processed basically the least. And it's withered, which this is where withering is where the leaves are spread out on racks so they dry and become soft and pliable. Um, and then they're rolled and fired. Um, and so white tea is withered and then dried. Green tea, which we do talk about, is withered, and then it's either steamed or pan-fired and then dried. It is not fermented. That's a big thing that is different about green teas. It is not fermented. And then matcha, which is a type of green tea, I didn't know this, and um, but it's actually shaded for 21 days before it's actually picked. And that's to boost chlorophyll um, and theanine levels in the leaves. So after uh, it's steamed and dried, it's then deveined, and then it's actually ground. And matcha is um, part of the Japanese tea ceremony. And, and there are different grades of matcha. Um, I know uh, we've done some Q&A questions on them before, um, but um, if you want a true, like, ceremonial tea, you have to buy ceremonial grade matcha. And then oolong, oolong's kind of the difference between green tea and black tea. So it's sort of the middle ground of processing. So it's withered, then rolled, and it goes through partial oxidation, and then it's dried. And black tea is withered, rolled, it goes through full oxidation and dried. Oh, and the oxidation is the fermenting process, I believe. And it's like it's exposing it to air. Yes, yes. The leaves are spread out on slabs of uh, cement, grass, or a moist environment between 72 and 82. Chemical reactions occur that affect taste. It can take as little as one to three hours. And for oolong, the tea, the leaves aren't fermented as long and often takes place in direct sunlight, which I guess affects the flavor. Um, and I don't have the kind of palate to, and I've never done a taste test of different types of teas next to each other. Has anybody ever done that? No. The ones mostly I think I'd be interested in testing because I think green tea you really would notice drastically, I mean, from the others, but oolong versus um, black tea. I tend to drink more black tea 
now I used to drink a lot of green mm-hmm. tea. Um, but yeah, I probably drink more black tea than, um, oolong. Okay. I just remembered actually when I was in elementary school, so uh-huh. <laughs> good memory, you know, um, <laughs> we did have like a tea party where we tried different teas and, um, had little finger foods kind of thing. And it was Aww. kind of, they broke it into, I don't, I don't know if it was just girls kind of thing or if boys were, you know, I went to a Catholic elementary school and, um, but I remember now that they took turns like having little gatherings with people and um, Mrs. Sheets put this together and um, <laughs> she kind of had, uh, you know, different things. And of course, at the time, I'm like, I didn't, you know, trying the different teas was not my thing because I was like, oh, they just taste bitter or, you know, not good <laughs> to me, especially being like second grade or third, you know. <laughs> but now that I remember I did have a little tea sampling, but can't tell you that I noticed a difference then. <laughs> I, I'm impressed that you remember her name. I know. <laughs> Good memory. Crazy. We didn't have many teachers. It was kind of uh, our, our elementary was, you know, one teacher per grade, where now it's like oh. four teachers per grade or more. <laughs> I... Small town. So. Oh, here you know, we go. Oh, uh-huh. No, go I was going to say what I find interesting, you know, we're talking about the different places in the world where tea has grown is that it's also grown in the United States. And I just, when I discovered that, I found that so interesting. We have like one large tea plantation in the United States and that's in Charleston. It's called the Charleston Tea guessed. Garden. It used to be the plantation, but it's now the Charleston Tea Garden. And I first found this out when a friend of mine visited there and brought me back some tea and I loved it. Well, I love Earl Grey and it was so delicious so I did some research on it and it's a it is the largest well the only large-scale tea plantation in in the in the U.S. Um, it's wonderful and so um, you know and apparently here's what you need to grow tea you need to have um, they grow best in areas where there's high heat and high humidity and um, acidic soil I was going to so, say, is that comparable to what tobacco? Tobacco. That's what I was thinking. Are they? So I, I was thinking that they're probably similar growing conditions. Yeah. Must be. Yeah. So, um, so then that kind of took me down another little rabbit hole because then there was apparently this other um, couple of uh, gentlemen who were on a tour there, and the one guy thought, oh, "We've got that's just like home," and they were in Mississippi. And so he, they decided to start on his family farm, been in his family for you know, like 200 years. So they started, they've got a small tea plantation or a tea growing. They're, they're called the, um, the, the Great Mississippi Tea Company. That's and uh, I know, I just think it's really cool. So apparently, well, the, the best that I could come up with is like 2019 statistics where that apparently there's, about 60 tea farms in the United States. Wow. Um, yeah. More than I would have thought. I was just amazed by that. And because I thought, who knew? Well, apparently somebody did. <laughs> just <laughs> not me. <laughs> and, I, and um, you know, of course, one of their problems with, you know, being a small, with small companies is selling it because their cost is a little higher, a lot higher True. than mm-hmm. a commercial business. Um, but when you break it down, you know, the quality is so much better. Sure. Well, that's, I think that's that's what you get with most artisan food products. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's 
more labor typically involved, um, or it's just not automatized or something to that degree. And so usually it is a little more costly, but you're paying for quality and you're paying for and maybe buying local too. Right, right. So pretty crazy in that respect. Um, So, you know, uh, and then what you have to go through, so, you know, to grow it too. so if you, and so then, now I don't really know how much this is, but I'll just throw this statistic out that I looked up. So an acre of tea leaves, if you, or tea plants, if it's well tended, will yield about 900 kilograms of green leaf tea per month. And, but to get that, you have to, you know, have, you have to till the farm and you have to pick the tea every eight or nine days. Wow. Pick the, pick the leaves, because you, you pick the leaves off, obviously. And then you feed the crop. You know, you have to feed it, and usually that's like feeding it manure. So, I mean, there's a lot of work in t- involved in this. So you can see why it's um, sounds expensive. high maintenance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, but it's so good. And um, tea plants take up to three months or three years to mature enough to uh, produce a harvest. But you can grow them in your own garden, if you know. Wow. I know. So if you want to grow tea, you can. But if you live somewhere where you don't have those ideal growing conditions, you might want to. I.e. Iowa. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're, we'd be lot, fine in A lot the of summer. humidity here. <laughs> you know, but if it's going to be, you know, bad weather, just, you know, bring Cover it, it up. inside. But it, yeah. <laughs> put it in a pot and bring it inside or something. I don't know. But I just thought it just opened. My eyes were open. <laughs> like, I probably will still buy my tea and not grow it. <laughs> I can't really see myself out there harvesting my my tea plants, but yeah, I could. <laughs> anyway, just some little tidbits that I was like, huh, I had no idea. I mean, I knew I knew about the Charleston Tea Garden that it was, you know, the biggest, the only large scale, but I didn't realize that we had so many small tea companies and you know in in the country. So there we go. It makes me want to buy some local tea. Yeah, and try it does, them. doesn't it? It I does. Know. It makes go online and do some research and see where we can uh, order some from. Because I have ordered some from from Charles the Charleston Tea Company there, mm-hmm. and yeah, I very much enjoyed that. But. Well, and it makes me want to make a pot of loose tea too. Right. Yeah. But one thing I did want to touch on too, we kind of really talked about. I mean, the 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 majority of teas, if I hadn't indicated, are black, green, and oolong. But herbal teas are tisane, tisane, tisane. That's how you say it. Uh, those don't contain any tea leaves at all. They consist of dried herbs, fruit, and spices. So even if you're drinking a cup of herbal tea, it's not really tea. Um, and so you're saying I'm not a tea drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, uh, you're, yes. Well, no, peppermint. Well, I don't know. Sense. I'm not well, sure about that. Peppermint's a leaf. It is a leaf, and they're. If it's well, it says that they're but dry. it's herbal, right? Well, but it's, it's not it's dry, Camilla, right? Sinus, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know the main uh, plant. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Bean on what was that movie? I love actually when he's like, oh no, no, oh. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, Sinesis. Like gorgeous um, iron sauce. Yes. Um, but I also think what is interesting, because I'm an Earl Grey fan as well, um, and one of the same type of tea leaves from different countries or plantations are called gardens or combined. 
which I found interesting. And, and the result is called a blend, which are preferred by big manufacturers because they get a kind of consistent product. And Earl Grey and chai are like popular blends. So I I just love Earl Grey, but um, I guess it's the bergamot I really like probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about uh, steeping guidelines and maybe like how much you put in to the pot. And um, I've read a couple of different things, but Robin, I'm going to kind of defer to you. I have read that uh, for each like three quarters of a cup or six ounces of water, you're going to use one to one and a half teaspoons of tea leaves. That sounds right. Sounds if I'm right. doing it in a pot, I usually, yeah, that sounds right. For green tea, you are going to steep it at about 180. I've read 170 to 180 for about two to three minutes, but they can be steeped multiple times. So it's not just a one and done. You can you can steep them more than once, couple, two, three times. And then for an oolong, they are brewed at 190 degrees for, we say four minutes. I've also read two to five. I'd probably go with four. And I think on all of these things, what they recommend is try it, you know, try the four minutes first. And if it's too strong for you, then cut back the next time or go a little longer the next time. And each blend or, you know, depending on the oolong or whatnot, it could be, you may want to modify it for the particular steeping. And then for black, they are actually boiled at, and same with like an herbal tea, at actually boiling, 212 degrees. And a black tea, we're saying five minutes. I read two to five. Oolongs can also be steeped multiple times, four to five. And a black tea can only be steeped one time, infused once. Which I find interesting because black teas are the strongest. So you would think that right. you would be able to steep them longer, but you're drinking black tea Robin sometimes. So are you ever steeping that kind of thing more than once or infusing it more than once? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd give, give it a go too. <laughs> I mean, you know, it can get expensive when you're buying some of these um, premium priced uh, and uh, I'd say give it a go. <laughs> yes, I do. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the Keurig cups that some people do more than once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always hard to fathom because the first one is always the best. I mean, right, you know, right, but sure. and sometimes I'll think, okay, if I'm going to go for three, then I'll then I'll be like one, one and a half. <laughs> so the first one is really good. The second one, I'll steep it part way. If it's not enough, then I'll put a new bag in there. If I do a tea bag, you know, and then I'll right. move. The, and then the third one, yeah. So anyway, yeah, two tea bags for three cups. There, that's what I'm trying to mutter out. Yeah, I'm 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 cheap. I'm with you. <laughs> Thrifty. I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> there we go. Thrifty. There you go. Uh, is there anything else in the world of tea in terms of um, types or um, steeping or processing that? Well, we never talked about storing. That might be another. Is there anything you wanted to add there on that one? Um, you know me, I know a lot about tea, but I did see, like in our article, we talked about storing tea um, just because it is sensitive to air and odors and uh -huh. uh, moisture. And so um, to keep the tea fresh, stored in a stainless steel or aluminum container away from heat and sunlight. I also read kind of an opaque container is a good idea too. So, okay. um, yeah. 
that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Good news. That makes sense. Yeah, keep it as draft-free and as light-free um, as possible, it sounds like. That's what it sounded like. And it did yeah. say that um, black tea should keep for up to a year, while green and oolong will last about six months to a year. Oh, it's like the spice cabinet for me. I think my stuff's been in there longer than that. <laughs> so maybe it needs well. a little longer steep. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's always for peak freshness. Yes. <laughs> well, and the same thing with the um, the steeping guides and temperature guides and all of that. But um, I'm curious, uh, and and I know for 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 maximum flavor and and all, there are uh, these are the guides and the recommendations. But have you ever boiled water and then made a cup of tea, even if it was it said, oh, take it to 190 or not. I mean, do you notice a difference? Oh, yeah. Um, you notice? No, I don't have a super palate. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I just want a cup of tea. <laughs> I just want a cup of tea. Exactly. Um, there is a difference. And I have played around with it with my, with my little electric kettle thing. Um, so there is, I would say there is a difference. And especially in how long it sits, it takes it to steep and bringing out the full flavor. But if I, it just depends if I'm in a hurry sure. and it needs to boil, we're right. just going to do it. Right. Because I am not, um, I am not a tea aficionado. I just enjoy tea. So. Is it frowned upon line. to add honey or additives? I don't think so. You know, honey. I mean, like if it's just supposed to be milk and sugar is the, you know, technical Who says it's just supposed to be milk and sugar <laughs> i think that's proper english tea but i, I was gonna say i think I proper mean, english how, how can herbal tea not be open wide open to honey or um... right i put honey in my herbal tea all the time but I if think... i was making a cup of um earl gray probably mm, that one maybe i don't know but i would always add a little milk to that one <laughs> but see i just Drink it straight. Sure. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to, I should try it with milk because I honestly, I've never put milk in my tea. Well, my mom was uh, Canadian and her dad came from England. And I remember as a kid um, being sick and she brought me a cup of tea and had milk in it. And I was like, ew, what is that? <laughs> and I have since become a convert. <laughs> well, that's how I snuck into coffee. I do drink coffee with milk in there so I, I should try it with tea i will try oh, it that's interesting i i um in college i never drank coffee but i did start uh finally with uh, celestial seasonings uh, morning thunder which is urban mate and garana and i don't know what all and just a little black tea and so that that caffeine uh kick really helped and then it was a lot easier to get that coffee than to get morning thunder <laughs> so then I started in on coffee, but I, my introduction to uh, coffee was through tea. Oh, that's funny. And on the other hand, too, I also am uh, really used to a really strong flavor because I'm not a super taster. And so uh, I mouthfeel and viscosity really are important to me. So I generally double up on whatever tea bag it is. Uh, I, I really like um, double strength uh, green tea. I'll always mm -hmm. put two bags of uh, green tea into a, a pot of water it, when I am drinking tea. And that's funny. When I get a craving for tea, 
I have to have some tea. It's crazy. Um, what do you crave, then, John? Oh, that uh, what is it? Tazo's Zen. It's green tea and oh, lemongrass, yeah. I think. Oh yeah, that's I have that in the cabinet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other one I always like, and this has more to do with mouthfeel, is to have uh, tea with licorice root in it because it has a little, oh. a little uh, something that coats the tongue there. So, but you have to like licorice. So. I love licorice. I don't know if I've had that. That's I like good. red licorice, not black. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that is licorice, actually. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it is if we say it is, right, Maddie? That's right. You know, green apple, any of the other flavors, but black. All you do is you steep that whip in your hot water until it melts. <laughs> Sugar and all. <laughs> um one last thing I wanted to mention uh, before we move off of tea is in the article, we also do have a little chai spiced tea cookie. And um, we did not uh, use an actual chai blend. We made our own. And so these are um, very um, tasty little poppable um, cookies, which you can keep in the freezer, which is nice. And um, I don't know if I if I did it when they were um had the icing Without frosting yeah exactly but um so anyway um they are they are lovely little um nibble to have along with your cuppa and um it uh we use darjeeling which is a black tea and just a tea bag and then um and then added some spices to it but um it is something that um if we've given you some um interest in maybe having a little tea party that might be something that you would like to add to your menu and then we just wanted to talk about maybe some other warm winter bevies. If you're not a tea person and we don't preclude any um, other lovely beverages. Now, this is not a non-alcoholic um, warm winter beverage, but mulled wine. It's something that I've made for a long time. And in fact, I saw Lydia on TV uh, the other day making some. Um, and I remember working with her and... Um, I used to stay at her house when we would do um, multiple day shoots and stuff. And um, I was really sick. I had, and I, could, I couldn't cancel. I, I knew I had to be there and went out there and I was kind of sick as a dog, but I was working hard and she and her mother made me mulled wine and sent me to bed. <laughs> and it was the best stuff ever. But uh, mulled wine is kind of like a, a warm version of maybe kind of like a sangria. Uh, so somebody asked me what kind of wine to use. And I said, well, I drink a cab typically, so I'd probably buy a cab. But I also like maybe a good red zin. It has a little zippiness to it. Um, but you could use a Merlot or even oh, a blender. Wow. Um, but my suggestion was buy something that you would want to drink on its own, but also doesn't break the bank because you are mulling it. And really mulling is you want to heat it very slowly and low because you don't really want to burn off that alcohol too too much and um i add typically some orange liqueur and um cognac i think um I, gosh it's been a while since i've made it but and then kind of warm spices whatever you want it really smells like the holidays and just winter 
and um, it'll take your cares away. If you the slow cooker <laughs> is always a great utensil for that. It is. I think I did develop one that was a slow cooker one too, which is great. It's great for a party too if you've got a big slow cooker of that because people can come in and just ladle up a a bowl and you can put a a cinnamon stick in if you want. Um, grate a little nutmeg on the top. Put a an orange rind. Um, zest curl in there if you want that kind of thing so that was one that i wanted to add that i would um, encourage people to maybe consider for the warm of the winter weather uh and i'm pretty sure we do have that on our website and teresa i know you mentioned a couple that you enjoy well along the same lines of your mold wine story uh-huh. uh, when you were sick uh, my mom used to make us hot toddies when we were we had a cold or bronchitis and a hot toddy is basically, nice mom. Yeah. <laughs> we won't ask the age. <laughs> hot toddies. Um, it's basically water, a good quality whiskey, and a good quality local honey and lemon juice. And that's pretty much all it is. And um, it's really nice if you add a cinnamon stick um, when it's all heated through. But um, it basically, it's, it's kind of like your mulled wine and wh where you um, heat the water, whiskey, honey, and lemon, and you stir to make sure the, the honey is dissolved. And then you just garnish it with a cinnamon stick. Um, now, I equate that with being sick, um, having hot toddies, but I've heard of other people that make them for nightcaps or sure. for sippers on a, on a cold evening, you know. And not not just for when you're sick, <laughs> but it does taste lovely on your throat when you're when you have a, a sore throat or bronchitis yes. or a cold or whatever. And basically, what it does is just helps you relax. So, uh, just a warning to not do this if you're taking cold medication. <laughs> I was just going to say it's a it's a warm version of Nyquil. Yes, <laughs> and much tastier. <laughs> And, and also, I want to give out a shout out to hot chocolate, um, specifically Italian hot chocolate, which is like no hot chocolate you've oh. ever had. It's very thick and creamy and definitely luxurious. So if you want to treat yourself or your special person or persons, um, try this. Uh, Italian hot chocolate. Now, there's all kinds of recipes all over the internet. Eataly.com um, has a good recipe for it. But basically, it's milk, uh, a good quality chocolate. Uh, I like dark chocolate, sugar, and the secret weapon is cornstarch. Oh, and cornstarch. Okay. Not to worry, you don't taste the cornstarch. Uh, but that's what's thickens up your chocolate and wow. and it's just so thick and creamy it sounds a little like french hot chocolate i i've had it in france um in the winter mm -hmm. and uh but i don't know i don't have a recipe i've never really looked that up but it is kind of that thick very luxurious chocolatey mm, good yeah. good yum yeah and then, of course, you want to top it off with whipped cream and a few chocolate shavings. <laughs> also, I've heard people, I don't know who they are, add Grand Marnier <laughs> oh. to the mixture. <laughs> and I know some people also uh, split their chocolate with uh, a really good quality ground cocoa powder. So mm. they use part 
ground cocoa powder part chocolate chunks um, in there. And some people use butter, which is weird to me, but because I oh. don't think I like that. Uh, I think I've that seen flavor. that. Uh huh. But I don't. I don't think you need it. I think it's just milk and chocolate and your cornstarch. Also, don't be tempted to use cream instead of milk because that just makes it unnecessarily. Oh. You don't. You don't need that. Hardens well, in the glass. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like not, pudding. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is true or not. And now I'm trying to remember. But Haley may in the past may have developed a Spanish or. I don't know if it was Mexican oh, hot chocolate. I, think I remember that. Wasn't there, yes. Isn't there a hot chocolate that you use some vessel in your cup or in your pot that it looks like a wooden dowel or something? Yeah, and I remember she did that. Does anybody that. remember that? I remember her doing it, and it was real thick, but I mm -hmm. can't remember the process or anything. It was a little luxurious, yeah. Uh -huh. I, I've used Mexican bricks of chocolate for other yes. desserts mm -hmm. and whatnot, so... Oh, you know, you're back from uh, the Grand Canyon there, Pam. The El Tovar hot chocolate, uh -huh. or maybe it's just cocoa, uh, <laughs> is always garnished. You, you get, instead of tea leaves, you have little tiny mini chocolate chips at the bottom of your uh, oh, oh, nice. hot chocolate. <laughs> That's a, a nice surprise. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Kids visit on. the Grand Canyon. Just really visit El Tovar, and then you can see the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> He happened to look out the window. Exactly. <laughs> Anybody have any other warm bevies they want to Ciders about? are always good. Oh, yeah. Those are also another good winter warm weather. Um, I'm actually working on an article for the website on warm beverages. So we will get that out once it's all compiled. Right now I've came across 10 recipes. So it's a good variety of, First you know. Cider? Well, we've got, I think, three ciders. We've got um, Kiyoki coffee. There's, um, Pam did a hot turmeric milk or a warm That's turmeric really milk. popular. That one. Um, we have a Black Forest hot chocolate. And, oh, and the favorite pumpkin lattes. And there's a mulled <laughs> wine, too, right? I yep, think. and a mulled yep. wine. Yep. It's an Irish coffee in there somewhere, too. Oh. And an Irish coffee. Forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we're not that far away from um, St. Patty's Day, right? Um, oh. And if you want to perfect your, <laughs> if you want to perfect things, you might have to give it a try here or there. So be sure to check out our Irish coffee recipe. Yeah. <laughs> that was one my dad made all the time. He was a bar fly at the Buena Vista as a young guy in San Francisco and learned how to make it from the, the I think the guy who's still the bartender there. They <laughs> <laughs> <It> never leave. <laughs> He's been there for a long time. And um, I actually think he probably is probably the son of whoever it was before. But the guy who's there now has been on like CBS Sunday morning and and whatnot, and they've done specials about uh, the Buena Vista Irish coffee, and um, he's been there for at least 40 years. John, you usually have um, some good uh, beverages that you've got going at home. Anything that you know? Nothing? No, I can't say. I mean, I, I don't... You like a hot toddy sometimes? It, if you don't want to call it Irish coffee, you know, you just add some schnapps and it's German. And that you don't have to wait to, for St. Patrick's Day. You just have to have a, <laughs> unlike today, you have to have a cold day. 
shouldn't be right. 70 degrees out but <laughs> uh, mexican or uh jamaican coffee has uh what is it tia maria or uh uh Kahlua. thank you mm -hmm. right. those are always yummy um and in the now next fall right uh, we're going to be featuring uh cask and kettle product that have various flavored hot beverages that are in k-cups well and, and in those the work really well <clears throat> In the, the spring, spring issue, is it going to be in the fall? No, no, no. In the spring issue, I was just going to mention that will be out next month, um, end of February, is um, the Drew's, one of Drew Barrymore's favorite um, tea companies. What is it? The 1680 LaRue or LaRue? Uh -huh. Yeah, LaRue 1680. Yeah, yeah I, very I good point. I just want to say that um, I am not a tea drinker, but uh, we had these teas on set and we made some for the for photography. So I, I tried it and oh my gosh, that would turn me into a tea drinker. <laughs> that was the best tea I've ever had. And of course, I don't like straight coffee or straight tea. I have to have it all dolled up. So this would be the, the dolling up part of the tea. It was, it was like a spring passion tea or something like that. It had, it had the most fresh flavors and um, it was just delightful and refreshing to drink. And mm -hmm. I would certainly be a tea drinker if that's what tea tastes like to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with Drew Barrymore 100%. And Robin, I know you're a big tea drinker. Do you do you venture out beyond tea or do you pretty much uh I figured out the summer that I like coffee, so there's that. <laughs> I was shocked to hear that, Robin. I thought, when did she start drinking <laughs> coffee? <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. I I've never, <laughs> this I've never is seen news. that. <laughs> I started <laughs> drinking coffee on vacation. <laughs> really? Are you drinking coffee these days then? I don't have a coffee maker. <laughs> well, so, you could no, get a coffee press. I could, that just reeks of work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's that ritual thing, remember? It's lovely. Oh, yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you so, can do the K-cup. Mm. So Robin, no, are don't. you are you a black coffee drinker or do you use milk or sugar or cream? Well, I-, I Because you like your little... tea straight on. Well, I know my goal is to get to the black coffee, so, but I like just a little touch of something in it, okay. but not very much. Okay. A touch of something like as in a Kahlua or a touch of something <laughs> as in a... <laughs> well, I wouldn't say no, but no, uh, a little bit of, of milk or a little bit of creamer, but sure. just a, just, I yeah. Mean, yeah. So, which Give is me all never... the imitational creamer. You know, I always wanted a lot of creamer and just a little bit of coffee. So that's why right. I haven't really drank coffee because I'm like, uh, those are calories you just really can just avoid. But I got to be the other way around on vacation. So I was like, okay, you can do coffee. And wow. then I thought that now I just am looking for a coffee pot. Okay. See, and I'm like, life's too short to drink black coffee. Give me all the sugar. <laughs> and of course, of course, then when I when I'm looking on, you know, different things on on Facebook and stuff, and they're like, oh, what's the best coffee pot? And then they show these big things like, well, Tracy, you've got one of those fancy pants things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I thought, how much fun would that be? And I'm like, you don't even drink coffee. So why are you looking? <laughs> like, well, that looks so nice there on the counter. And how much fun would it be to have that? And I'm like, to Robin, you need to get a grip. So <laughs> yes, no coffee maker has come into the house yet. Um, I'll have to. Don't worry. I, yeah. We've got a coffee mate programmable. It's all ready by the time you come down. <laughs> 
not a bad plan. Not a bad plan. So, and I thought at first I'd get a, you know, just a Keurig. And then I thought, no, I don't want to just, I don't want to mess with little pods. I just need a coffee pot. So, so I go from just, you know, a little bitty coffee pot in my, in my head to, you know the other thing you with a frother you could um which i had i think in college you could just do even one of those simple pour overs i mean it's basically the chemex is the idea of it is the same thing where you make a pot but you can they have those small little individual um holders that go right on top of a cup and you just pour the the hot water over your coffee and um you're good to go I'll have to think about that too. One more thing to think about. So there you go. At, this, at this point, um, I can't have anything else for myself. Um, I have to, you know, just put that on hold and, and we'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, too much of Christmas of something for you, something for me now. So now we have to, <laughs> right. to buckle down and say, okay, now we just need to look for bargains if we're yep. going to do that. It is the new year. Yeah. It's bargain time now. Yeah. And catch up. So, yeah. So coffee, it will be my next, my next go-to. Well, I think I'm going to get a teapot and I'm going to get some loose teas. That That is something I think I'm going to try. And I look forward to your article uh, coming out on the website, Maddie. Um, the um, corralling of a lot of our <laughs> um, warm winter beverages that uh, somebody can enjoy. Exactly. I mean, I, it was something that brought light to my eyes because it was what is on our website anymore and what's in our archive. So kind of compiling a mix of both to get more recipes on our website and putting it all together. So it's a good resource for everyone if they want to switch up yeah. their latest hot, warm drink. Totally. Um, well, thanks for joining me here today. Um, check out cuisineathome.com for Maddie's article that will be out soon for any recipes that you want. If you want to do a tea party, we have lots of cookie or cake ideas, that kind of thing. I, I'm sure we have some kind of finger sandwiches, but I think you can probably figure that one out too. And, um, but yeah, check out our website for any ideas to have a little maybe tea party or something like that with your friends. And thanks for joining us. Please tune in next time where there will be more must love food. Happy New Year, everybody. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at CuisineAtHome.com.